selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happier. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What? <laughs> It's all going well. You know, I so I so look forward to when we podcast. I absolutely love this. It's so much fun. And we're going to have so much fun <laughs> hanging out today with Andy Paul. Just get ready. This is going to be fantastic. I'm so excited about this conversation. I'm happy about everything that's going on. Larry's in a good mood because baseball is well underway by the time <laughs> this podcast is released. So all is well with the world. And just a huge shout out. Go to Dodgers. Everybody. In the uh, you had to slide that in. Um, <laughs> just uh, for footnotes, this show is not affiliated with or sponsored by the LA Dodgers. Only Larry is the biggest fan. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is a lot of fun, and we're excited about all the things that are happening right now. And uh, it's just been really cool seeing the feedback that's coming back from the new Selling from the Heart Masterclass. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it's really cool, Larry. I really appreciate the way you're making Selling from the Heart come to life now. Uh, where you actually don't just get the book, but you're giving people uh, an inside look into uh, what was going on in your heart as you were writing each chapter and, and bringing those chapters to life uh, with additional material and questions. It's just so cool. Thanks for putting that masterclass together. Oh, I, I love it. It's the backstory to the story. So I, I really bring people alongside me in why selling from the heart, why I wrote it, why it means so much to me and the movement that we're building around this much needed message. Inside yeah. the sales world. If it sounds like fun and it is fun, <laughs> you'll really enjoy it. Just go to <laughs> sellingfromtheheart.net slash masterclass and uh, you can uh, find out about that and, and really take Selling from the Heart. We really wanted to make Selling from the Heart come to life and it's going to drive uh, more fulfillment and more sales results. So all of those together is really, really exciting. And that's really what it's all about here at Selling from the Heart. You know, this is about... This is a global movement of authenticity in the sales profession where we want to get results. No question about that, but we want to do it the right way. We want to see success married with satisfaction. And to do that, way forward, Larry, you've got to sell without selling out. Well, that brings <laughs> us to today's guest who is smiling right there. <laughs> Great team. Room, renowned author and uh, author of the new incredible book, Sell Without Selling right Out. Here. None Andy other than Andy Paul. Paul. Welcome back. <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. It's a tech. Congratulations on the new book. I can't wait to unpack this. But as we start, Paul, you know, or Andy, sorry, Mr. Paul, you know the question that every guest on the Selling yes. from the Heart podcast answers. And that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? It means to put the interests of the customer ahead of your own interests. Yep. Short, right to the point. Short and hard to and do. Right to the part point. That's really hard to do. Hey, Andy, 
Congratulations. Yeah. That's this is the shortest response. So what's it mean to you to self from the heart? It's great. I love it, but it's right to the point. It is. Yeah. And and what I do? A hard thing to do, right? To put the, the <laughs> customer's interests before your interest. And um, I think this is going to get right to the heart of how you sell without selling out. Um, yeah. And what's you know, the definition again, of selling out? I mean, it's it's if you're selling out, it's when you put your own interest ahead of yours of the buyer, and you know, that leads you then to these set of salesy behaviors that buyers instinctively find cringeworthy and, and uh, they reject. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta lay it off. You gotta lay it on us, Andy. What are some of these salesy behaviors that make everyone cringe? We discussed, you gotta start rattling. <laughs> well, there, well, I would, I would pose it as a question. Let's say is, is cause I was thinking about this as yesterday is like, I'm, I'm going to post about this on LinkedIn is, you know, what's, what's the one thing you've been forced to do in your career that was sort of the most salesy, you know, for me. And I talk about it in the book. One of them was, uh, you know, having to call a customer at home on Christmas Eve oh. to send me an order <laughs> Brutal. because my boss, was nervous that he wasn't going to hit his number. I'd hit my number, right. but he, he wanted to make sure he was going to hit his and it just oh, completely geez. submarined a relationship that I'd spent a long time building. You know, mm-hmm. from that moment forward, the customer pretty much made up their mind at the first opportunity. They were going to churn from us and go somewhere else. Oh, ouch. Cringe worthy. Well, yeah. Cringe-worthy. And so, you know, anytime that you're, you know, going out and saying, look, I, <laughs> Mr. Customer, Ms. Customer, I'm here to help until you get to the last week of the month. Then I just want the order. Yeah. Right. That's the most common one we see. And, and every month, every month, this takes place where mm-hmm. the work that sellers have done to build relationships with customers are trashed, for lack of a better word, by this behavior that says, look, I need this order Monday or today. I can't wait till Monday. And what I'm going to do is, is show you that I'm just really transactional. Even though I've, you think I was here, I made the case I'm here to help you. No, I'm just here to get an order. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm having flashbacks, Larry. I'm, oh, I'm having bad, I'm having bad ones. This. Oh, yeah. yeah I, mean, I may have one of the worst stories, but this is, you know, second year of my career, it's doing real well. I developed this account with this huge construction <laughs> company in the San Francisco Bay Area. And my bosses, my big boss, my branch managers, his sales bonus contest ran in May and June. So at the end of June, basically anything that wasn't nailed to the floor got shipped out to a customer. And he was bound to determine that this construction company was going to buy, basically upsell to a, a larger disk drive capacity. Now just to you know, date things on so this was 64 megabyte disk oh. drive. Whoa, the big one sold sold for sixty five thousand dollars. So it's a thousand dollars a megabyte, just so wow. people can get, so keep this in mind. And it was in his inventory; had to be off his inventory by the end of the quarter. So he just picked that guy in my account. And it was one of these things like, "Go get that order." It's on a Friday, right? Last day. Go get that order. They don't need it. Well, go get the order. Well, they're not really happy with us right now. Go get the order. And I went back and forth. I'd go. <laughs> tossed out of the customer's office, go back to the branch office. Fortunately, it's only about a half mile away from the, the customer. I did that back and forth where each the buyer and the, or the customer and my branch manager were throwing me out of the office. And, <laughs> and I was like a ping pong ball going back and forth, back and forth. 
And finally, I just went and sat, you know, did the classic, sat on the customer's car, leaned against the customer's nice Mercedes um, in the parking lot until he came out of his office on Friday night and just wore him down. And again, this is a guy I had spent a lot of time building a relationship with and had said was influential in terms of recommendations to other clients. And it's just like, things went south after that. You know, it's a, it's sad and, and it's concerning at the, at the same rate, Andy, is a lot of that stuff still happens today. Of course it does. And it, and it, and unfortunately it happens at lightning rates. And I always, I always share with, with salespeople in general, I go, listen, the buyer and your clients, they're reacting to how you've been carrying yourself for years. So we basically have just trained the buyer and, the, and our clients mm-hmm. on what to say, how to react, what to do. I right. mean, they, they know like at the beginning of the month, everyone's best friends, you're using all the best lines and so forth until that last week of the month. Well, it's just, <laughs> there's sort of two things I think people just don't think about is somebody asked me, so, you know, why, you know, why are we discounting so much at the end of the month? What's, you know, what's happening there? I, they know that, you know, we're going to get admit the numbers and so on. I said, well, you got to think about it as a problem of surplus. <laughs> they said surplus says, yeah. Well, it's like a retailer. When you've got excess product on the shelf at the end of the month, you discount it to move it, right? Right. Well, in the case of sales, your manager has a surplus of unmet quota. <laughs> and they got reduced that surplus of unmet quota. And the way you do that is you discount, yep. right? And you move it off the shelves. Yep. And I just remember sitting in this meeting with this group of sales leaders. They were like 10 tables of sales leaders. And I started moving from table to table. This was an event where they were doing table topic discussions. And the one was about discounts and spiffs. And, and I was listening to them talk about, you know, how they're using the discounts to get closed deals and spiffs and so on. And I was like, okay, let me ask you a question. So have you ever done an ROI calculation on that discount? I mean, yeah. so you could to bring it into Friday from Monday or Tuesday. Have you ever you know, done that calculation? Is that paid off for you? Just dead silence, right? No, this is just what we do. Yeah, but the, the question becomes, how do you recoup that? Right. We don't. Exactly. Right? You don't. Because your customer says, oh, these guys are just transactional. I'll play this game with them all they want. Yeah, and the relational side is out the door. The value side is out the door. All these things we work, you know, it's like month, weeks one through three. It's like relationship, relationship, relationship. And then transaction or transaction value, value, transaction. And uh, it's schizophrenic. It well, is- I had this conversation with a sales leader a couple weeks ago. He was interviewing me on a, a show, his own show. And he said, yeah, I love the book. I said, oh, great. He says, my problem is, yeah, when you got a number to meet, I've got a number to me. It's like, oh, so, oh, I said. So what you're saying is in order to hit your number, you got to engage in all this shitty sales behavior. Right. <laughs> it's like uh that's what you're saying right you're saying is that yeah to to hit your number you've got to act badly in a way that customers don't like and i just reject that because it's never been the case no no never it, and it's and it's so interesting because i've always said transactional conversations are replaceable 100 replaceable in my eyes mm, it's a great way to say it yeah yeah because someone, someone's going to come along. I've always said this. Someone's going to come along who has a better transactional conversation. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee people have better transactional conversations than I'd have. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hands Absolutely. down. 
and you destroy that relationship and then you've destroyed the the future of the business i i love the way you frame that because essentially this is getting down to the core of what we actually believe about sales mm -hmm. you know and this is getting to the heart of the matter welcome to the selling from the heart podcast <laughs> and uh, this is getting to the like the real it gut level honest question that we need to have as sales professionals and sales leaders is what do we believe about sales? Yeah. What do we believe about our profession? And um, if we're if we're willing to sell out every thirty or ninety days, um, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to sell without selling out. I heard someone wrote a book about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, actually, I know that guy pretty well. Yeah. Or, yeah. Sort of. By the way, if you're listening to the podcast and you're under a rock and haven't bought Sell Without Selling Out yet, go to Amazon and or wherever fine books are sold and grab this book. It's fantastic. But in here, you talk about four pillars. Four right. Pillars that are really critical. I, I think this is masterful. Would you be kind enough to walk us through those four? Sure. Pillars? Yeah. So set up the, what's opposite of, if you're not selling out, what should you be doing? And I call that selling in. And there are four pillars of selling in the connection, curiosity, understanding, and generosity. And one of the contrasts I set up in the book is that these salesy behaviors that our buyers resist is those are all learned behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't get born and more magically pushy and persuasive and salesy and manipulative, uh, though maybe to some degree some are. But you know, in general, those are learned behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so, what I lay out with the pillars of selling in is these are based on innate human behaviors, innate human values um, that we're all wired to do. We're wired to connect as human beings. We're wired to use our curiosity to explore the world around us or wired to take that curiosity to a level of understanding. So we understand to some degree and make sense of the world around us. And we're wired to give. Mm -hmm. Giving makes us feel good. So in my career and in the work I've done with many, many, many salespeople and sales leaders is these sort of same core attributes sort of shine through. And I just found that the people who, exhibit those the most and are most consistent in the way they use them have the most consistent success. Yeah. I, I love this because you use, use the word connect and, and Andy connects near and dear to me. If we can just unpack this just a little sure. bit more is that let's just share, if you'd be so kind, share with our listeners, what are some ways to connect? Because I think I've always said it's really easy in today's world. It's easy to connect. I can connect with Andy. I can connect with Daryl. I can connect with anybody for that matter, with a right. couple keystrokes and just and so forth. Layer upon us, how can salespeople in today's world, and for that matter, sales leaders, how can they truly connect with somebody with meaning? Well, there's a couple of ways to go about that. I mean, well, many ways to go about it, a couple of ways to explain this is is one is is start just by again making it about the other person, right? If your initial reaction is when you meet someone new is to talk about yourself, then what's going to happen, right? Is, is instead, if you're saying, look, I'm interested in you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead by asking a question before I pitch anything, before I say anything about myself, I want to demonstrate that I'm interested in you because I am interested in you. 
And in doing that, then you make yourself interesting to someone else, right? This is just sort of basic law. How do you make yourself interesting? Be interested in someone else. Well, then you start that connection at sort of a different point, which is we're just having a conversation trying to establish some sort of common ground that we can then build on because that's what we want to do. That's the way we build connection. We build relationships. And yeah, the part that, that I yeah, sometimes hesitate to bring up because people always misinterpret us is that in life, we all know how to make a friend, right? So I'm not trying to make my buyer a friend, but it's the same motion you go through. When you meet someone in a social setting, is the first thing you do give them a 30-second pitch about yourself, right? Is that the first thing you do? Or, you know, ask them, hey, can I get your name and put you into my, what I call my friend funnel? Yeah, I'm going to start blasting <laughs> you with emails. Um, no, you don't do that. Is is you ask a question, hey, yeah, you know, what brought you to this area? Where'd you grow up? You know, questions like that. You're just curious about this person. It sounds to me like uh, <laughs> one of one of my favorite uh, mentors and friends, uh, Pablo Giacopelli, used to say, you know, Daryl, what did you unlearn today? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of unlearning that that needs to happen in sales, because I think we learned some really, really cringe worthy things along oh, the way. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's this this idea of of, you know, buyers don't have time for small talk. Mm hmm. It's like seriously, why? Really? Yeah. Right? They don't, yeah. They don't I mean, they're humans. People, right? They're, yeah, they're humans right. first. They're, yeah. You know, unless you show yourself to be uninteresting, they'll be interested in you as well. Yeah. Right? They'll have questions for you. They want to know a little bit about you. If they're gonna be investing some of their time and attention in you, they want to know who you are and what you're about. It's not just the business value they perceive; it's the human value you bring as well. It's the, it, it's, it's the relatability. It's the relatability part of this. And this is the, um, we call it, you know, you just mentioned small talk, but there's small talk. And then there's what I, what I'll often refer to as that relatable talk. Just, that's just, mm -hmm. you use the word, you know, Andy common ground is that's just spend a few minutes. When I say a few minutes, this stuff doesn't have to be marathon sessions. No, it's, it, it's within a couple minutes. You can instantaneously, create a connection and create some common ground by, you know, by just leaning into somebody and being curious. Well, so I was talking about yesterday, but I'd met somebody that, that or introduced to somebody, a mutual connection by another person about uh, someone who's a big, yeah, Maple Leafs fan <laughs> is, yeah, I just signed off my, my email saying, yeah, it's great to meet you. May accept time to talk. Go Leafs go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Took me, 20 seconds to understand that this guy was a Leafs fan and that it was important to him because it's all over his LinkedIn profile, even a senior executive. Sure. Something like that. What's that do? I mean, it's right. Yeah. Humanizes it. Right. Yeah. Shows that I cared enough to sort of look to see what was important to you. And I brought it up. So next time when we talk, actually do talk, I think we'll get into it more easily. But, but what's cool in, in, you actually do care like you actually do care. It's, not, it's not because you went to a seminar and they said look at someone's linkedin profile and figure out you know what <laughs> you're actually curious and that's like it's so funny the unlearning right all of these things years ago when right. we walked into someone's office um you know we looked for everything 
And, uh, you know, it was so robotic and mechanical and, and all of that. But there's a way to do this with a heart of curiosity and curiosity and connection. Those two things play together really, really well. Because I think if we can be curious about someone personally, it, it, um, it signals that you're actually going to be curious about their actual, you know, we get to, to talking about business or whatever you right. say that you're actually going to be curious about that as well and not just come to the table with, I know exactly what you need, you know, at the first opportunity. Right. And one of the things I talk about in the book is this idea is that there's this universal question that everybody asks of us when they have this, this choice to invest their time and attention in us, which I call the why you question, right? <laughs> why should I invest my time in you? Why should I trust you? And I can go down this list of questions that we get asked every day by lots of different people in our lives. And the thing is, they don't ask it out loud, but they're asking it nonetheless, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the simple step, and I like to say, it's not a question you answer verbally. It's how somebody experiences you. And so mm -hmm. one of the ways somebody experiences you is you demonstrate this level of interest in what's important to them. That's pretty positive. That starts answering that question, right? If you start building up this connection so there's some level of trust this is you know this is how they're experiencing you and that really becomes sort of the precursor to them giving you permission as I like to talk about in the book to stick your nose into their business right because that's ultimately what you're trying to do with the buyers you're trying to get them to open up to a degree that they don't open up with other vendors and, you know, share something with you that's, that's not something they would commonly share with other vendors. And they're doing that because you've built that level of connection and trust. Well, oh, I, I, this is so good is this is the silent stuff. What you just shared, Andy, that's the silent stuff that goes on in someone's head in the first mm -hmm. couple of minutes when they're having that conversation. Right. And, and it's so key. We, we, we as sellers, we have to key into this is all the rapid fire things that are going on in somebody's head to determine what shall I say and how do I say this? And are you even worthy of me opening up and sharing some of my business secrets with you? Sharing my time and attention. Yeah. Yeah, to me, that's the currency, right? We've got yeah. time, we've got attention. Am I going to invest this in you or not? Are you going to give me a return on that investment? And yeah, those decisions get made pretty quickly in lots yep. of different dimensions. Yep. And you know, one thing that, for instance, you know, sort of drives me nuts is you get this increasing sort of not increasing, but a number of sort of loud voices out there saying, well, you don't even really need to be likable or friendly to your buyers. And I've gotten into sort of heated discussions with, and you know who these people are. And it's, it's like, it's just so crazy. I mean, it's, first of all, it costs you nothing to be warm. It costs you nothing to be friendly right. with, with somebody. And there actually is research that substantiates Robert Cialdini wrote about this in his book, Presuasion saying that, yes, people buy from people they know, like, and trust, and they're more likely to buy from people who they think like them. So this idea of just being friendly and warm with people that you meet in general actually is one of those things that seemingly are small, but it's actually pretty important. And it costs you nothing to do. So why Zero. wouldn't you do it? It's, it's incredible. It's almost like the assumption is if you can be a jerk and have all this value, you're going to do better <laughs> than, the, than the, it's like, come on, are you really kidding me? But this is where I think curiosity yeah. is such a, a powerful connect, a bridge, right? Because 
curiosity, and you say in here, by the way, it, it, once again, if you haven't got this book, <laughs> pause, go get this book because it is like full of nuggets. And I love the way you get so practical. I mean, you said that curious people de deploy their curiosity to navigate the ambiguity of complex problem solving environments. And we're in a lot mm -hmm. of complex problem solving environments. And you spell out six types of questions, how to answer them or how to ask them. Right. And, uh, it's just like there's so many nuggets in this book. The curiosity, I think, becomes that bridge from a genuine connection to now genuine value. Mm -hmm. uh, like I'm going sure. to really be curious. And uh, well, well and the way you do that is because you use that curiosity to get a, a point to get to a point of understanding. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of my big frustrations with the way that that so much of sales is trained or enabled is, yeah, we're, we've gotten really good at sort of targeting who we want to talk to our ICP, the personas within there. We create playbooks that have these lists of suggested questions. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they become sort of the script, right? And, and people sort of use them and it becomes like a form of survey taking, right? I've gathered this mm -hmm. information about the buyer. Okay, fantastic. But what do you really understand about that information and why it's important to the buyer? And this gap between knowing and understanding is huge. And this is where I think many sellers fall into the gap because, yeah, okay, I know this. We're going to put together a proposal based around what we know. It's like, well, yeah, but you don't really understand why it's important to the buyer, what it means to them, who it's important to within that organization. And without that level of understanding, yeah, you're sort of playing you know, from behind. You're going to be at a competitive disadvantage. Oh, there's the... Yeah. I, I I just believe scripted questions will yield scripted answers. Well, they do. And everyone has those three or four questions. Cut them up however you want to deliver them. They're scripted. But where I where I see where I see salespeople struggling today, and I, I'd be curious to to know this one, mm -hmm. Andy, is because I think it hits in that gap that you had just mentioned. It's the people skills gap. It's the relational gap of how do you bridge all of this together besides the sales skills training and the product training that you're getting is how do you bridge all this together to humanize yourself and connect at a people level? Well, and part of what plays in that is, you know, this idea of intellectual humility, right? Is, is, are you a know-it-all or a learn-it-all? I think yeah. this is where the sort of humanizing it parts or falls part is, is too many sellers think, They've got it, right? Because we ask these questions, you've given me these answers, therefore I know what the solution is. And there's a lot of nuance in there that's missed when you take that approach. And so that's coming from a position of a know-it-all, where what you want to be is you want to be this learn-it-all that's like it's the first time you've heard it to some degree, but that you think, wow, there's probably more to learn and more to understand and where we play into this in sales too often these days is, and it's not these days, it's been forever basically, but is, hey, we have got these linear stage-based sales processes and a stage early on is discovery. And for a lot of sellers is that's where I ask my questions. And then I stop asking questions <laughs> beyond that. And it's like, well, what's, think about the journey the buyer's on. And think about this, you know, the, Gartner diagram that came out a few years ago about buyer enablement and the buyer's journey that they mapped out this complex flow chart that's anything but linear and it can start and stop and start over again and so on. 
that's how buyers are buying. So if you think that your buyers serve, you know, you ask your questions once and they're going through this complex learning journey and you think that they haven't changed their thoughts about what it is the requirements are or what the outcomes they could achieve are, then you're static and they're moving. That's really problematic. So you have to keep on learning. Yeah. But you know, and keep on questioning. The good news is right now it's the end of the month and we've got an incredible opportunity. <laughs> for all 64 megabytes. Think of what you could do with that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I was just thinking about that the other day because I was telling that story to someone else. And it's like 64 megabytes. And this company was running their entire suite of general ledger right. applications on. I mean, you name it, soup to nuts, you know, from payroll to payables to receivables, general <laughs> ledger, job cost accounting. It was just invoicing. It was like, oh, my God. And they did it all on 65 megabytes. We can't, we can't even boot a computer on 65 megabytes. Progressed people since then, and it's time to get out of the Neanderthal <laughs> sales age. If you want to do that, I recommend you get Sell Without Selling Out, A Guide to Success in Your Own Terms. Andy, uh, how can people learn more? Uh, well, several ways. One is, is you can certainly buy the book on Amazon, wherever you buy books. Oh, there, get it in the camera. Um, yeah, online bookstores, physical bookstores, um, airport bookstores. But uh, yeah, come to my website, andypaul.com, and you can download a free chapter of the book. You can also have a fun little assessment there because if you picture selling out and selling in as being on opposite ends of a spectrum, this is sort of a little fun assessment to give you into sort of snapshot of where you might be between the two poles of that uh, assessment. And um, yeah, then connect with me on LinkedIn, please. Um, very active there. Wow. Yeah. Andy, it's great, Larry. Now, what I, what I love about Andy, he's just a straight shooter. I mean, Andy does it. I appreciate you so much, Andy. You just, oh, thank you. Uh, you just deliver stuff. I've always said in a way that just needs to be said. Uh, that's why I love your book. I love what you do. I love your writing. I love the things you put on LinkedIn. You're just a class act. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's very nice of you. Yeah, we appreciate you, Andy. Thank you for sharing time with us again on the podcast. You're a true Selling for the Heart champion. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Larry. Oh. Wow. It's always fun talking to Andy Paul. And this, this is a gem. I mean, it's so cool uh, because uh, there's so many practical things in this book and it's in like digestible chunks. They're not like 80 page chapters. They're actually ones that you can read or listen to and put into action right away. So I highly recommend the book. This was, this was such a good conversation that that bridge from connection to curiosity uh, is so powerful and it all goes right to the core of what do you believe sales is all about? Uh, what do you believe? It's, it, it, it all starts with the connection part of this. Uh, just a big believer. If you can't connect, you can't connect with somebody on a human level. So then do you think as a seller, they're going to open up and I'd submit, you know, it's going to be a little bit difficult, but we have to bring the human aspect. We have to sell without selling our souls. That's it. We'll get a copy of Sell Without Selling Out from Andy Paul. This is fantastic. If you want to go deeper in that inner journey, uh, what do you believe about selling? What's at the core? Uh, grab the new Selling from the Heart Mastermind course, sellingfromtheheart.net slash mastermind. Thank you to everybody. It is in our Sales Leaders Mastermind. This is a group of sales leaders that's working together 
to figure things out, to build healthy sales cultures, to solve problems. You can join us on the second Tuesday of every month. Learn more at sellingfromtheheart.net slash mastermind. And uh, Larry, we got so many great things ahead. I'm excited about uh, as we move through the spring and summer, the conversations we're having are fantastic. And it is so cool. All the people that are sharing this, it's helping the movement of authenticity grow in the sales profession. It's needed. We appreciate you. You are true champions of selling from the heart. Larry, what a journey. It's, it's, a, it's much needed. I've always said authenticity is a lifestyle. It's something that we must wave the flag on. We must truly, truly believe this in our hearts. Why? Because you deserve it. Your clients deserve it. Your marketplace deserves it. More importantly, the companies you work for deserve it. Uh, absolutely. Well, thank you to everybody who's listening, leaving a review. It helps us spread the word. Till next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value. Sell without selling out. And most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.